Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. West Ham United breathe life back into the Premier League title race after drawing 2-2 with Man City. But was the comeback from Pep's men enough to still secure the title? Liverpool win the FA Cup on penalty kicks over Chelsea again, but did it come at a major expense with potential injuries and fatigue to multiple key players? 10-man Everton failed to clinch safety after squandering a 2-1 lead against Brentford. Spurs move into fourth place with a victory over Burnley and Leeds pick up a point at home against Brighton to lift their hopes for survival. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Okay, Robbie Earl. Yes, sir. West Ham United 2, <laughs> Manchester City 2. Yeah. Um, crikey, you know, th- this was the game that I thought that mm. there could be a little twist in the tail with this title race. Uh, never an easy place to go to. I think we're immediately going to talk about City's problems defensively, Rob. Of yeah. course, Stones, Walker, Ruben Diaz, mm-hmm. um, not available for the match. Fernandinho has to go and play, play as a yeah. central defender. We've, we've been there before. We've seen that before, and it doesn't go particularly well for a period of time. And it didn't, again, with a, with a terrible start from Man City in the first half, going 2-0 down. Uh, and then a fight back, to be fair to Man mm. City, a fight back in the second half to get it to 2-2 that culminized in the, of course, the Riyad Mahrez penalty miss later on where it could have won the game 3-2 and made it very, very difficult for Liverpool to win yeah. the title from there. Um, but we didn't see that, mate. We saw drama. What sort of grabbed you, Rob, particularly in the first half of this um, game and, and how City played? Well, I, I thought some credit has to go to West Ham. I thought they were well set up with uh, the defensive mm. lines, with Antonio always sneaking on the side of Fernandinho so that when they broke, he got one-on-ones. And his pace and his power and his tenacity and his will were, was giving Fernandinho problems. Now, Fernandinho is the classic, and he's a master at fouling in midfield and just getting away with it, not getting a yellow card. But when he does it in defence, it's often more dangerous. Mm. When he does it so often, it beco- becomes more notable to referees, I believe. And he was on a yellow card, which then put him in jeopardy. Um, I thought Jared Bowen gave him the, the other speed and threat on the other side of the pit. So when Zinchenko went forward to play, there was times he got in a half-and-half position, we call it, where as soon as the ball t- may turn over, Jared's on his way, exploiting space. Uh, and we know what good form he's in. So I have to give a lot of credit to, to West Ham and the way they played. But also, my overview was, Robert. It, at half time, and Beck said, What do you think? And I kind of said, You know, West Ham looked like they might be able to hold on. And, and Mikel Antonio had a chance when it was 2 1, Rob, went through one on one and tried to lift yeah. it over the group. Yeah. That could have been a game changer because yeah. a few minutes later it was 2 2 again. But part of me thought, as, as, as I'm reflecting, feels, Do you know what? I saw another side to City today. I've never seen City 2 0 down, not playing as well. not totally commanding game, with threats to the opposition, with the opposition scoring. I can't remember, and, and, and our, our stats guy said they haven't been 2-0 down all season. So, it was, another little, it was a test for City today, 2-0. It was a test for Pep. We saw him on the sideline, his face mm. was going and his arms were going. And you have to say, they di- they'll be disappointed they didn't get three, but they came out of the test. They've got a point and still leaves them in pole position. They win the last game, they win the Premier League. Yeah, um, that's absolutely right. I, I think we often praise Jurgen Klopp, 
Rob, don't we, for half-time team talks and livening yeah. the team up. And it's exactly what Pep did for Man City. I mean, they are, you know, by the nature of the way that they play, similar to Liverpool, they want to they wanna play in the opponent's half. That, yeah. that space is in behind. Um, and West Ham are always going to look to utilise that. Second half was, was, was much different from City. Much more energy about their football. Yeah. Front foot played with a bit of desperation that was lacking badly, I thought, in the first half. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying they weren't, kind of up for the game or ready for the game. But mm. it, it, you can see the difference, couldn't you, at the start of the second half when there's more energy, they, you know, they, they, they're, they're working harder. Um, so that, that was really, really good. And you're absolutely right. It's a great fight back. And I, I wrote down, like, you know, even they missed the penalty at the end there. It's still a great fight yeah. back from 2-0 down at West Ham United. Yeah. I, didn't think they could, I didn't think they were going to do that. No. Because West Ham can bunker mm. in, mm. you know, with, with protection from midfield. They work hard. They can make it very, very difficult. Uh, but City's football, again, you know... It, I thought Jack Grealish, just to pick out the first player mm. we pick out uh, of this game, Rob, I thought Jack Grealish was as, as uh, positive and mm. as confident as I've seen him for a little while. He was taken on the last defender, um, which on that side, of course, is uh, Soufal. He's a, he's a good player in his own right. And yeah. I thought Jack Grealish was more, obviously the goal was big deflection and stuff, but I just thought he played better. Um, yeah, and, and, and they, they switched it a little bit. Kevin De Bruyne was more of a right-sided midfield player in the first half. And he went to that kind of really high, like a second striker in the second half. Yeah. So they, they went out to attack. West Ham, I guess, couldn't live with it. But, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, it's just amazing when you think that, wow, this, this tight race yeah. is wide open, City are going to lose the game. Then they come back with a penalty kick in the 80-something minute yeah. um, to win yeah. it, and they miss it. Mm. You know, I thought, I thought it was going to go that way, because he often does that, yeah. Mahrez. He sweeps it with the left foot to the keeper's left, mm. who's, in, who's in the goal. Um, but, uh, of course... Fabianski made a great save. I got a couple just on that one, and and, and you um, you're right. I thought I thought Jack showed a little bit more appetite mm. and drive when one or two of his teammates, you know, he, he wanted to get on the ball. It was like he wanted to make something happen. And I thought, you know, his goal was important, Rob. His goal today was important. I know everybody's telling us what mm. Jack hasn't done and what he's not bought. That was an important goal today at two one, just to give the belief and to get back in the game. Obviously, the own goal um, brings them back level. Just going to the penalty kick, and it was only that social media sort of caught me on it. Um, a couple of people were, were debating, like, how can Kevin De Bruyne be technically as good as he is, score from amazing free kicks, strike a ball off left or right foot with such accuracy, yet from 12 yards doesn't step up and take a penalty kick? What, what, what? Why would that happen? It's kind of a good question, really. It's like everything you'd want in a penalty taker, he's got. Maybe nerve? Uh, is, is he listen, one of them who doesn't, who, who doesn't... Yeah, I think he that? is, Rob. I think I, rem yeah, I think I remember an interview or a story coming out where it was that. It was like he doesn't like taking penalty kicks. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Mm. He might have taken a ton of them before in the past. I don't know. I can't remember that, that you know, in terms of history of Kevin De Bruyne with penalty kicks. But just something in the back of my mind... Yeah, was it against Liverpool a few years ago? Oh, Mares put know. one over the top, I didn't he, know. against Liverpool? Do you remember Mares, uh, Pep, when yeah. he first gone to come from Leicester, wasn't he? And Pep almost was like, you know, get oh. him into the team. And he, Mares took it and blazed it over. And again, it was like, well, if you've got De Bruyne. Like, I mean, we see the hat-trick, like the four goals last week, Rob, left foot. We see the smash, we see mm. the three kicks. You think from 12 yards, he is mm. a guy. Again, I, maybe some people, yeah. you know, I, I played with a few players who were great strikers of the ball, but didn't like to, to, to have that confrontation with the with the goalkeeper, that, that stare, the 12 yeah. yards, the thing, it affected him. And maybe he's one of them. Listen, he, 
He's got many attributes to his yeah. game. Maybe, maybe that's one part where he just doesn't feel comfortable and want to take it. But it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a well-meaning question in terms of everything you'd want in a, in a penalty taker. He's got. I mean, he could take one with his left foot and take one next week with his right. And have goalkeepers guessing all over the but, place. But, but it is different, Robin. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we've taken mm. we've taken penalties. It is incredibly yeah. There's a stress that goes on you, isn't it? Yeah. Poor. Yeah. And, and and people can forget that. Mm. We'll probably. We'll mention, of course, in the FA Cup final in a second, Rob. Yeah. But God, I didn't take many, but I, you know that walk to the spot <laughs> and the whole. I mean, Heart it's rate's just going difficult. boom, like, boom, a, boom. Yeah. yeah. You, think you second he... guess. You, you yeah. think what well, you, you think. What am I going to do? I'm going to decide now which side I'm going to go before yeah. I even walk up there. You get up there, the goalkeeper like looks massive. You're like, well, I'm not sure now. And I mean, it's so maybe he's got everything else you could ever mm. wish as a footballer, but maybe he just doesn't like that kind of. The pressure of a, of a penalty kick. I mean, to be fair, Mares is, is normally pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and he's, he's had some big moments for them. Just the overview of the game, Rob, and, and mm. like, what what do you take away? Mm. Does, obviously, if you're in Liverpool's camp, you still believe the door's not shut. It could well have been if if they'd have won, could well have been with a better performance. So, from Liverpool, from City's point of view, does this add, a, add an element of doubt? Just a little bit of, well, we didn't get it done. We've got one game against Aston Villa who can be dangerous. Watkins and Ings can be a real threat running in behind. Yeah, million percent. Million percent. I mean, Liverpool will, will have to make sure they get the job done Tuesday against Southampton, Rob, obviously. Mm. And if, assuming they do that, then we're yeah. into the last day. There is, there is potential drama there is uh, and of course most people would fancy man city to mm. be aston villa at home yeah but but all right let's assume rob that they're you know they, they, they're they one nil up liverpool are winning at anfield against wolves comfortably uh, who knows how many goals they're going to score mm. um and it's just that the possibility of an equalizing goal will will be a nightmare yeah. unless yeah. man city can get a couple of goals up yeah, in the, yeah. with with sort of 10 minutes to go which isn't easy. Mm. And and we've seen it now, um, and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it maybe a couple of pods ago, the injuries to these defending players, for me, kept the race alive. Yeah. And we have saw it at West Ham United with Fernandinho playing there. Um, and I think it's going to be an issue. Mm. With the way that Villa play, two players up front, Watkins loves running in behind. Yeah. Danny Ings can do a little bit of everything. And you're probably going to have former Liverpool guy Coutinho playing in the hole, yeah. threading those balls through. Fullbacks like to get forward as well. So... They have got multiple ways, Villa, to hurt Manchester City. And when City's, you know, Man City's general football leaves them a little bit vulnerable defensively. Yeah. But they've got good defenders back there that often mop up the trouble. But when those defenders back there aren't quite so good, Cancelo is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Yeah. He's just not a great individual defender. No. I, we could pull together a package of clips, mm. for, for like 10, 20 of them, where he, he lunges in a little bit. He's not yeah. conscientious. He doesn't track his man. Anyway... So you got him, you got Fernandinho. Um, Zinchenko. And I'm not sure anybody else is going to be fit and available yeah. for that game. I mean, Nathan Ake Nathan was the Ake other one, is the one, isn't he? Yeah. He's carrying an, yeah, he was on the bench over again, wasn't he? He's got an ankle injury, isn't he? Isn't he? Mm. He's carrying an ankle injury. And, and and just to go back to your point, absolutely. Can I see a situation where it's incredibly nerve-wracking nerve, uh, nerve at the Etihad Stadium, Liverpool mm. are winning? And even if they're, even if they're winning City, one goal, equalising goal... Yeah. could change everything. And that's why, for the neutrals out there, um, and, and for us, quite frankly, it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. Again, Liverpool have to do the business on Tuesday. Mm. If they don't, it's all over. But that last day could be 
pretty blimmin' crazy. Uh, let's say that. Because Villa are a dangerous team, they're in good form, and most importantly, they play to score. They yeah. play to attack with multiple players getting forward. Mm. They can give Man City, with this back line, absolutely numerous problems for sure. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, listen, before we move it on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the FA Cup final, Liverpool's win there. I want to go to my underappreciated performer of the week. And it was kind of a bit of a standout, really. Mark Noble. Um, but I, I mean, like 17 oh. years servant at West Ham, Mr. West Ham. 413 Premier League appearances today, 551 games. Captain the team for the last seven years. Old school kind of... Puts the club first, um, you know. Gets on with his job. Been, been, you know, through difficult times at the football club. Rob, when they when they left up and port the bowling Oof. ground, and this club was 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 breaking, and the fans weren't supporting, and the ownership was there. Mark Noble apparently was working behind the scenes, keeping things together. David Moyes has talked of how important he is, and there's just a couple of things, Rob, that that really stand out for me, and I, and I know. People who know Mark Noble, you know, he started his career pretty much when we were sort of finishing early 2000s and came into the team as a youngster and has stayed and done a brilliant career. But I don't know if, you, if you've ever, ever seen, sort of on social media now, a couple of times after European games, he's been on the bench or whatever, he maybe hasn't got on, and these shots of him picking up the kit and, and brushing the dressing room and things and saying, well, you know, I'm just playing my part, I'm helping the kit, man. He, he's old school, he, he believes in all those important things that... He's, t he's teaching lessons. He's showing the young players that, you know, you don't have to get too carried away with it. Here's a guy who's seen and done it all at this football club. Um, I, I just loved his line. Apparently today he sort of said to Craig Dawson, you know, next year I'll be on the beach, you'll be marking Erlen Haaland. So, you know, you, you've got things to do. Just like with a nice, you know, Cockney humour and the way he is. I just think he's so important to the football club. I'm not sure if he's still burning to, to play, and that might be the case, that he wants to go and have another year or two of playing first-team football, which, listen, you never begrudge because we all miss, you know, lacing them up. But I would assume, and I'd be wholly surprised if West Ham don't find a role for him at the football club, Rob, whether it's ambassadorial, um, you know, between the, the club and the fans or possibly on the coaching staff even because he's, he's got so much to offer um, and he's been a great mentor for the likes of Declan Rice and one or two of the other players, the young players who've come through that academy, so... Mm. Yeah, my underappreciated form of the week had to be Mark Noble. Great scenes today. Saw, you know, a great man in tears and um, at the end of what's been a stellar career. I just want to add to that. I mean, it's a great shout, first of all. And I saw an interview with him afterwards, Rob, and sort of saying what he's going to do next. And he just, he said he, he desperate to come back to West Ham United. He just wants to take a break. He wants mm. to spend some time with his family. It's been, you know, multiple years of the commitment we, yeah. we all did for that period mm. of time that he wants to come back at some point. I mean, I, I of course, the one thing I'm going to add to your, to your comments here, Rob, and this is kind of underappreciated career, really, and I think this, you know, our underappreciated kind of awards each week, I mean, this is the guy that would have a lifetime, like, award because yeah. he has been underappreciated. Mm. He's a better player, and I know if he was sat here listening to this show or whatever on this, he would appreciate me or us saying what a good player he was. Yeah. Not just that he yeah. was a mentor and his attitude was amazing and all that, which we know he is Mr. West Ham, but he was a good player. He could play a little bit. He, could, he was good on the ball. We know about his defensive side of things, but he could play. And I think sometimes with these type of players, you know, and I was similar a little bit like that. You, you, as midfield players, sometimes you don't get the appreciation you deserve in terms of, actually, you can play a little bit. You're in a midfield, you're not a central midfield player in the Premier League yeah. if you can't, 
handle the ball and make good decisions. And I think, apart from everything else you mentioned, I would just add good player, good player, and exactly the type of player that doesn't get the credit he deserves mm. because he just goes about his job and gives it the, the flair players to create and score the goals. Yeah, but, good shout. Yeah, a remarkable career. I think it's something like 700 games, Rob, or something he's played. Like, he's yeah, a and huge not, amount of games. No England caps, is it, I think? So I think he's one of them who's on that list of, you know, never never pull the, 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 the shirt The on. best players not to yeah, yeah. play for England. Yeah. He, he's probably captain of one of those yeah. teams as well. So, yeah, it's a good shout. Um, yeah. You know he's gone toe to toe yeah. with many top midfield players and come out on top over those years. And you don't you don't say a football club at that yeah. level for the time you have if, if you no. can't play, Rob. So it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he's playing ability yeah, as well. Good for West so. Ham today. Play West Ham. West Ham are good today. Yeah, very good. Um, David Moyes keeping that going, and I believe that that guarantees them European football of some description next season. That they win the the result today, the draw. So yeah. Um, yeah. good day for West yeah. Ham. Good day for Mark Noble. It was a good day, my yeah. friend, for Liverpool Football Club, who had to go the long way about it, but won 6-5 on penalties after extra time, 0-0 um, scoreline during the game in an extra time period. Um, obviously, the second of possible four for, for Liverpool, getting the job done, domestic double, um, finding a way again, and lots of praise for Liverpool. But on the other side, the flip side, any you know, concerns of injuries to like to Salah, Virgil van Dijk, Andrew Robertson came off. Um, big, bittersweet kind of good victory, but worried a little bit about the consequences. I think naturally, yeah, naturally a little bit of that, Rob. Mm. Um, I, I think that they'll we'll see how that that shakes out. I, I didn't get a great sense, and we can see the celebrations with some of the players yeah. you talked about there, Rob. I think you'd have to be a bit worried about Mo Salah having a groin problem. Mm. Virgil van Dijk, I saw a quote from him saying, got a little bit of pain behind the knee, wasn't yeah. sure what it was all about. Um, decided to not take any risks. And I think his quote was, um, hopefully it'll be fine. So again, yeah. I saw him kind of doing stuff on the pitch and stuff like that. Robertson, you know, not sure the, the extent of that. Um, but what a game, Rob, and what a flipping... I mean, another 0-0, 240 yeah. minutes now, yeah. two cup finals, no goals, tons of penalties. I thought this one, though, maybe even more so than the League Cup, was the amount of uh, of chances they Good both chances. had. I mean, yeah. it was, I yeah. mean, Liverpool were, flew out of the blocks. I thought yeah. uh, Chelsea were hanging on the mm. first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, um, Luis Diaz, Diaz yeah. I mean, was the was best player out there initially and... Yeah, and the chances that he created. I've never seen, in fact, the numbers was at 24 shots in the, again, this is before extra time, 24 shots, only four on target mm. in regular time in the 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was that sort of day. And I thought, you know, it kind of got to a point, as the game went on, where it kind of being a little bit flowy, like, well, Chelsea would have a good period, then Liverpool would have a good period. You know, a few shots flashed wide, Pulisic, Diaz... God, there was, yeah. there's a ton out there that, that missed opportunities. Rob, Robbo had a good chance, um, didn't he? Andrew Robson, four post hit the post. Oh, yeah, off his shin. And off his shin, yeah. That's probably the biggest... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, poor finishing. You've mm. got to say, with that amount of good attacking players out there, Robin, just to win, I think, of poor finishing, I, I don't know why, but Romelu Lukaku springs to mind. <laughs> let's just have a quick line on... Let's have a Rom, a, a rom watch. A Rom um, watch. Obviously, got the start. Um, um, mm. Well, it's not, it's not playing well, Rom. No, he doesn't no, look... He doesn't no. look at the, at the elite level that you'd expect him to be in in any way you look at it, his name, the fee, the club, he just doesn't look like he's at that level. Can you explain that? It, it, it was a big game. I did the same. You know, you, you you write down, OK, what headline makers. I just thought he, he was non-significant in the game, Rob. 
He played no significance. Yeah. He didn't hold the ball up. He didn't run in behind. He didn't, wasn't physical. A couple of balls came away from him. I believe, and again, I'm, I'm not totally sure on the accuracy, but someone's saying like it was four or five touches in the second half of the game. Um, oh, was it? He yeah. looked, and I remember the quote, and I, I, I may well have said it on the podcast, so excuse me if I'm, I'm repeating it, but I remember when we do an Inside the Mind, and I, sat, and I did one with Thierry Henry, and the great Thierry, and you talk about his career and what he did, and... He was talking about when he first came to the football club and he was making runs. And he said he was making runs and he's, none of his midfield players could find them. It wasn't maybe as stellar midfield as it was um, towards the latter stages of his, of his time at Arsenal. But anyway, he went to see Arsene Wenger and said, basically, you know, I'm making these great runs in behind, these players aren't finding me, blah, blah, blah. And Arsene Wenger said to him, and this is Thierry Henry, you need to get on the wavelength of the midfield players, not always think about you, your own runs, and almost like adapt your game a little bit so that the runs you're making, you can be found, so that the balls that are delivered, you can get onto and, and almost think a little bit more from the, the, the passer's perspective than just your own. And it's something that all, mm. it's kind of stuck with me a little bit with Lukaku because I see Lukaku make loads of runs, but often it feels to me like they're the wrong runs. That that's not the right run to get that ball there. That's not the right pass that this guy's going to play. It's almost like he's playing his own game separately away from what's happening in midfield and, and that. And, and, and expects a midfield player to, to find a miraculous yeah, ball for his run every single yeah, time he makes, you mean. Yeah, and it, and mm. it just starting to confuse me a little bit. Like, mm. all right, you're going to have to adapt to your big run, maybe, if, if that's the way it's going to be, or this thing's going to end in tears, which we've talked about, and there's going to be a part in other ways. I mean, he, he talked down that his agent said there's a bit of a problem or something, and he said that's nothing to do with the agent and people shouldn't talk for me and blah 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 But I just thought, big occasion, big time to, to get himself back on, uh, on good terms with the, with, the, with the fans, with the ownership group, with new new regime, and I thought he, he, he failed a little bit miserably. Yeah, I mean, and also, by the way, you know, we, we, you sometimes will say about Lukaku, right, that his game is really about running in behind. He did it, played on a counter-attack with Conte into Milan, Roberts at his best. Mm. Well, this game was kind of ideal for that. Yeah. The amount of times I made notes like um, they got in behind Liverpool, many times uh, Marcus Alonso got in many mm. times in behind. Like, it, it was a game for him to do that. It wasn't a game where they packed it in. He's got to, you know, he's got to receive the ball technically and, and play in small spaces that isn't his best thing. This was a game that was good for him mm. and maybe why he started to make those runs in behind the high line of Liverpool and it still never happened. I mean, nil-nil. I thought I thought Liverpool looked tired, Rob, at the end into an extra time. Yeah. Understandably yeah. so. They played a million games this mm. year and big games and games they feel have to win every single time, yeah. which must be exhausting. But I thought they looked kind of out. Yeah. Like They looked really, really mm. tired. The front, the front guys didn't really have any consistent kind of pressure in the game. But it went to penalty kicks and, mm. and Liverpool have got a brilliant goalkeeper. In the, in the, in the yeah. game, Robbie made great saves against Marcus Alonso yeah. and he made the key save, wasn't it, against Mason Mount. That was the penalty. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, before that, you have the Sadio Mane penalty where he could have won it for Liverpool. Mm. And then uh, Edward Mendy, of course, the Senegal teammate, knows all about his penalties, got yeah. into his head, he missed that. And we did see Mason, uh, Mason Mount miss yeah. his penalty. Alisson was... Another strong left-handed save there. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then, I, 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 then, yeah. then, then that's that's the job, and Simicast comes on, and, and yeah. you know, it's funny with Alison. Just, just touching on Alison, Rob. I, I was kind of watching the game, yeah. game, and I just wrote a note similar, like you know, comes up with some big moments for for this club. You know, his heading goals or saving. 
But I also just thought, and, and I had to Google, because I couldn't quite remember the name, I went, Belgian coach, ex-Liverpool, Simon Mignolet. Do you remember the Simon Mignolet days when yeah. it was the opposite of Allison? You know, the team would perform well, and every now and then you knew he, he was going to let you down in a yeah. big moment. And, and that's, you know, that's where they've jumped, yeah. haven't they? That's the step up. That's what an Allison brings you. Yeah, and that, 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 that was the big step up, wasn't it, from with Van Dijk signing, mm. yeah. um, you know, and of course the goalkeeper. Lars Karius was the other one, Rob, yeah. wasn't it, in the, yeah. in the Champions League mm. final. Remember that game, yeah. he threw the ball out to Real Madrid mm. and it's like, wow. Like, um, yeah, you're not so, going to yeah, get any of that with this fellow, are you? Yeah. No, he's a superb goalkeeper. Superb goalkeeper. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant one-on-one. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a, a, a better goalkeeper that I've seen that's better when a player comes through at him one-on-one. Mm. Comes off his line. Very, we've talked about this before. He gets low and he can move laterally. Yeah. Super quick feet. So when, people, when players try and go around him, he can, he, can, he can kind of match that with his feet and his dives. Yeah. Uh, had a couple of those moments in this game, Rob. So, uh, so yeah, superb mm. goalkeeper. And it's another trophy and another yeah, celebration. Yeah. And, you know, it's two down. Like, it's, you know, there's obviously an element of luck to penalties. And, mm. and there's no perfect solution. And some people, like, switch off when penalties go on, apparently. I mean, I can't believe they do. But speaking to somebody last night, sort of saying, oh, I can't watch the penalties. I hate, hate the way the game uh-huh. ends that way. It's torturous for somebody. And it is. Yeah. But it's entertaining, I've got to say. Um, yeah, and there is, there's an element of, of, of mm. ability and, I don't know, mental toughness taking those things. I mean, like... You know, every time I, I took two penalties, Rob, in my career, I missed one of them, and I can't. I, I, it's it's so nerve wracking yeah. to, to take a penalty mm. in that kind of environment in a cup final. I can't imagine. I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. what it must feel like to walk up and do it. Mm. And you know, and and we assume that these these young kids basically can go up there and do it. Yeah, just um, taking. And again, yeah. someone's got to lose. And Liverpool again. Mm. Yeah, Liverpool win on penalties again. Same as the FA Cup, nil nil. And by the way, you know, you, just just real quick for me on this, Rob. Like looking at the league games this season, both draws as well. They yeah. played four times. Yeah, there's I not think. much between them, has it? The mm. There's nothing. There's not a lot between them. Mm. Ah, that reminds me. Interesting quote from Thomas Tuchel afterwards, Rob. That I, I absolutely made a note of. Uh, it was I said about that. You know, there's nothing between mm. you. Know, two nil nils, two draws, yeah. one one and two two in the, in the in the league campaign. And he said, yeah. He said, yeah, there isn't much between us. Thing is, they can do it every three days, and we can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he's. Mm. That's that's super honesty and yeah. super accurate. Yeah. He can't trust his players to be able to perform mm. at Liverpool's level, which they've done yeah. four times this season. He can't get it every three days, week in, week out, because that's mm. what Liverpool have done. The manager drives them for that. Those players have, com- have become mentality monsters, like mm. his, his manager. Yeah. The manager says. And I thought that was really interesting yeah. about where Chelsea can go and why they're not challenge at the top when they can draw with Liverpool four times in one season so I thought that was super interesting yeah and that's as you say the mentality monster 16 point difference between the two teams Rob it is where we're at and, and it was I, I just wrote there was a couple of things I wrote and it's like there was a, there was a period in, and I agreed with I thought period in the second half and then towards the end of, of extra time where it kind of felt like this could be Chelsea's and somehow they didn't quite grasp yeah, they look stronger they didn't, they, stronger. Well, they didn't they didn't get mm. the goal and and then Palm is looking at and I, and I was saying they much between these two teams, you know, at the best. And, you know, they both got quality. They both can play. They both can pass. They both can sing. But somehow Liverpool win. And, and that's a bit that mm. I'm saying they've got now, Liverpool. And, and it's, I don't think it's anything mm. tangible. It's nothing they think. It's almost like 
they know between the group of them, if they all stick together, if they all do what they're going to do, there's a will to win that's going to push them through. And I want to mention two people on that behalf. Jordan Henderson and James Milner, by the way. Jordan Henderson, the pub debates will go on whether he's as big a legend as Stephen Gerrard if he lost another trophy and blah, 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 and I'm not really interested in all that. What I will say with Jordan Henderson is he's got as much drive for this football club as Stephen Gerrard did. His time's Rob, he's, ur he's urging, he's driving, he's closing people down. And in terms of football, they're not even in the same planet. Stephen, Stevie G was, no, was, was no. an absolute top class, superb, you know, yeah. superb. And yeah. I'm not decrying that Jordan Henderson, uh, you know, is a very competent midfield player who's won some, you know, done brilliant things. But he's driving and, and his energy and, and is just as important to Liverpool now as Stevie G was back in the day. And James Milner, my friend, just... I think he started his career in 2002, just performs, well, he's been around does his been job, and there was a brilliant shot of him. He, he goes and takes the first penalty kick, by the way, which, of all things, has got to be the most nervous. The Chelsea fans are behind you. He sticks it in the back of there. He salutes, he comes to the halfway line. They come to the last penalty kick, Simicast, and he's not even looking. That, that shows you how much it means to him to win another job. He's the one turning mm. around at 30-odd years of age. He's had a great career. You know, it's probably, you know, some people thinking, well, he could be winding things down. It means that much to him. He daren't look. He's the one that daren't look, and he waits for the cheers, and he knows he's won it. And I just think, to have people like that around your football club is the bit what gets them over the line in these situations. Well, it, it go, didn't it go back to my favourite one, Rob? Artists and soldiers, doesn't yeah, it? You, yeah. we, we can talk all, all day long. You can have your artists, you've got to have your soldiers as well. And mm -hmm. that's what Liverpool have got. And just the final thing on the penalty, Rob, I mean, even Chelsea won the, the toss twice. Yeah. They yeah, got to I kick into that, their yeah. end with, with their yeah. fans and they got to kick first, yeah. which is, a, I think it's like 60 40 or something when you go first on a mm, penalty. So, you, went, yeah. you know, it was, uh, yeah, it's just like Liverpool, just is so, like winning habit, whatever it is, they just win at the moment. Mm. And, uh, yeah, another trophy for Jurgen Klopp. I, mean, I think that's it now. I think he's won all of them, hasn't he? Yeah, and, no, uh, you said that's it. That's the, the full that's range. Possible, him and, really. and, you know, yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. another I just want to mention. But will they win at St Mary's on Tuesday night, my friend? Because that's when the next big game comes, 2pm Eastern time on USA. Liverpool have to go to St Mary's and really have to win the game to give themselves a chance, don't they? They've got to, get three, they've got to win out the next two yes. games. Must win. And then, yep. you know, see if City can Hope fall City to it, if, if Villa can draw uh, there. So, how are we feeling, Liverpool, emotionally, physically, mentally, fitness-wise? Is this squad deep enough to go with another group? I mean, goal difference may or may not be, be an issue, but winning the games are most important. Can he change it enough and keep that quality to go to St Mary's and get it done? Yes, absolutely can, Rob. Mm. Absolutely can. All the players you mentioned there, we talked about having problems and knocks. Yeah. You've got Joe Gomez to come in. You know, you've got Matip can go again. You've got yeah. Jota can go. Like, Firmino can go again. You, you've got cover now. Mm. You know, left-back cover in Simicas could play yeah. if he's needed. So there's midfield players to come back in there. So I think they can they can kind of, uh, you know, swap around a little bit and, and still put a good team out there. Is it a big div divok night? Rigi? No, off the bench night again for him. It'll be off the bench night. I mean, Firmino's looked a little, I thought he looked a little off it when yeah, he came yeah, into the game. Yeah. Um, whether, you know, whether he starts, I don't know. You know what? I'm, 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 the, the more important thing in this game, Rob, is Southampton. Because I think we know what you're going to get from Liverpool. Yeah. We know that performance is going to be, if it's not great in the first half, another manager can make it better mm. in the second half. We mm. know Liverpool are going to be anything from good to great. Yeah. Now, 
Southampton can be anything from <laughs> yeah. awful, awful yeah, to conceding uh, nine. Actually, <laughs> very good. Mm. Like yeah, and to very good and give. So I don't. I, if Southampton, for whatever reason, decide to turn up and they haven't turned up for the last three or four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, maybe longer, they've had a shocking run. They're down a 15th place, 40 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. They're safe right now, of course. But if they, with that pressing game mm. and, uh, you know, at home, they, they, it's just how they come out. Yeah. If, I mean, in terms of, you know, I, I would say that there's probably a two, two games in 10 against Liverpool. Well, I, 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 I might expect them to produce something. Like mm. really good. It's like wow, this is a difficult game. The other eight, they're just gonna they, they can't compete with Liverpool. Yeah. So that's more of a variable than Liverpool's. We know what Liverpool are gonna are gonna be. We know unless Villa uh, Southampton are very very good, mm. then Liverpool win the game for me. Yeah. But particularly given what's on the line here, the, the, the boost from City drawing mm. the Premier League title, this quadruple that that continues to rumble on yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in an impo- impossible seeming achievement for them to do that um i can't imagine that liverpool aren't going to be good to very very or good to mm. great but southampton i don't know i don't know but yeah. you've got to think liverpool will go there and, and get the win rob well you would but remember the ralph hassenhurtle win against liverpool down on the knees well, in tears i mean we yeah. could be up for one yeah, of those as well exactly so. right yeah absolutely but yeah look forward to that one the other team on Merseyside, my yeah. friend continue to be challenging to us, be challenging to their own sets of fans. Everton, um, go down a man, go 2-1 up, go 3-2 down, go down another man, oh, go like game that we just need one more win to, to, to make it safe. And as Everton being Everton, leave it hanging. Uh, now playing Palace on Thursday night where they need to get a result before they go to Everton last day of the season, where, uh, sorry, where Arsenal uh, are going to need points. Where do we start with this one, Rob? Everton two, Brentford three. Well, well, I mean, listen, sending off penalty goals. We had all that in the first forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if you get a sending off and you're penalty, yeah. you're like, well, we had everything in this game. Well, we had all that in the first forty-five <laughs> minutes. I mean, it's quite astonishing. Again, we 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 have to mention the, the scenes outside. Yeah, like the Everton game. are turning up to an FA Cup <laughs> final, and, and the Everton fans have pledged they're going to do that for every yeah. single home game left to try and keep the team in there. Amazing atmosphere in the stadium. Again, it makes me kind of tweet. They had a man sent off, and, I'm, and I tweeted out, and I'm wrongly now, but it's like that's what I felt at the time. Everything got a man sent off. Who cares? Like the, the fans will make yeah. up. They'll yeah. they'll make up for Brantway. Half time. They're, you're they'll that add that extra number. Mm. You, yeah, absolutely right. Um, but Brentford are they're a, they're a super dangerous team that, mm. that have had an incredible season, mate. I mean, when we when we'll we'll get on talk about manager of the season. I'm telling you right now, he's he's going to be right there for me, Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank, right there. The, mm. the 11, Thomas Frank's going to be right there for me. Eleventh place in the table right now. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, just just you know, the 19 years of age, Jared Branthwaite just gets yeah. caught with the ball yeah. over the top, and as we know, fouls can be totally accidental, mm. and because he's the wrong side, and if he didn't foul him. Then who was it was going through? It was to- Tony. I'm oh, Tony. Deny. Yeah. Denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah. Because so he's one on one. If it without the foul, yeah. he's got a goal. So so in terms of Everton fans thinking, was that the? It, it kind of was yeah. the right call there. Um, Did you see much yeah, in, I mean, in, in, just, in the Richarlison before, going. Rob? There was there was a few Everton fans saying that Richarlison no, should have not enough. Yeah, yeah. I felt no, if he, no I felt no if chance. he got pulled, no he's got to go down and then make the referee make a decision. They both, they both. 
They both had shirt, didn't they, Rob? They, yeah, I, they did I a little they both bit. Well, I just thought if you know Richarlison, if 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 you stay standing and you pull like that, there's no way you're going to get that decision. You know, it, it's like young men's son. Yeah, but it, it makes the most of of, of of a situation. Well, what Richarlison did on the penalty. Yeah, that they got exactly. When he was coming, yeah, the, the arm went across his. Yeah, I mean he went ground like a sack of spuds. I mean, he got it. Yeah, he got it. So I mean, he, he doesn't mind going down. I, I just thought that was not. Yeah, because they got the other end, and then, then yeah. the red card happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the two one, we're two one at I half mean, time, Rob. We, we we're a man down, but we're not in bad shape. We, we've got a nice bit of structure. The, he's gone to a back four, uh, four across the middle, one up top. Um, anything could have been done different. I don't think so, really. I mean, you, you know, that's the standard yeah. drill in it. Four yeah. four one. We know right now that they're, they're a bit beat up. I heard Frank Lampard after Rob. They got they got you know Mina's out. They got some important yeah, defenders. Yeah. Godfrey's out. They, they got Seamus Coleman playing as. A, yeah. yeah, I think Keane's going to be okay maybe for the next yeah. game. But you've got you know you've got the nineteen yard Branthwaite. You've got mm. Seamus Coleman starting as a right side uh, centre back in a in a back yeah. three to start the game. So um, I, I just you know it, it's funny Rob when they go when they just, when they lead the game, um, you sort of. Do you think the fans think that we got this? This we're going to get the three points. We've been amazing. Yeah, it the felt like there was a yeah. It I, felt like there was a real negative. Where... It felt like there was some ne negativity around the, around the faces and the conversations you saw. And, and listen, you know, contrast to what we saw when you know the fans came in and, and, and the vibrancy and the, the the flares and all that. It just felt to me like they, you know, this was a game to win. This was a game to keep us safe. Because I just think. With Everton, yeah. Everton are thinking, if it's going to go to one way or the other, we know it's going to be the other, because we're Everton. I think there's a bit of that around the football club. But I did say to Rebecca, yeah. they'll dust themselves down over a couple of days. They'll be bang up for it on Thursday night, mate. I'm, I'm more oh, concerned about the dressing room than about the, the, the stadium. I'm more concerned about the players delivering on Thursday night against Crystal Palace to not go into the last game of the season needing to get something at Arsenal. Well, they don't, they don't want to do that. Arsenal away. Arsenal no. got everything to play for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's Thursday. We're going to yeah. be there, yeah. Rob, watching the game. Yeah. It's going to be our main game, I believe. Mm, yeah, it's the um, main game now, yeah. I mean, Rondon... Ro yeah, I mean, Rond Rondon doesn't help anybody yeah. out by doing that. And, and, and yeah. again, he's out this season. Three games. Yeah, and you might need I him, mean, Rob. You know, you might need him for 10 minutes in totally. the, the last game to get up front, hold it up, get in corners, win your foul. You're yep. gone. A, a team that's not yep. got all its defenders, that's got some young players who are playing out of the skin and, and taking on the responsibility. For him to come and do that in two or three minutes, I thought we was so irresponsible. Mm. So irresponsible. Mm. Listen, just switching over to Brentford a little bit, Rob, I, I just wanted to talk about a player that... Yeah. I mean, he hasn't got my award uh, this week, but Johan Wisser. Yeah. Talk about a flipping a find from French football. Mm. He's been floating around before he moved to Brentford this summer, floating around in Division One, mostly Division Two yeah. in, in French football. Yeah. And when you look at his numbers, he's got actually got decent numbers. Yes, eight. And now, I guess that it, I the think. whole stats thing comes through. Yeah. Yeah, but just don't, don't talk about oh, France. Generally, like, I know yeah. it's in Division One, Division yeah. Two, but he's generally, he's a, I mm. guess, in, and that flags up on their yeah. their their algorithms and all yeah. that. But I mean, what what a flipping. What an influence he had. Forcey mm. own goal, scores a goal himself as yeah. well. I mean, I just think as, a, as Ivan Tony and Mbuma get all the headlines, Johan yeah. Wisser, every time we see him play, he seems to score. He's like, he's... $12 million. I, know, dollars. I think he's... $12 million a, dollars from Lorient. Yeah, yeah, 11, 
Yeah, from Lorient, French football. Like, yeah. And, you know, it's it's his seventh Premier League goal, I think that was today. Um, and he just looks a dangerous player, mm. a good bit of business. And that's what modern-day Premier League football clubs, yeah. it's all about the recruitment. Mm. And when you've got a department that, that focuses yeah. on it, and we know the owner's into stats and everything else, so it's a very much a money-ball type of club, Brentford, yeah. it actually means something, and it works out. Because mm. if you put that work in... You know, you got a good chance, and they've made. They've had so many good signings. Of course, Denmark got so many Danes yeah. uh, in the club. It just shows you. You know, good recruitment can work mm. out. I just think Johan Wisser is somebody that we never really talk about. Nobody yeah. talks about Wisser. No, it's a good but show. I think he's yeah. a live wire. Started yeah, the season on the bench, didn't he? Yeah. Came off the bench and scored a couple of goals. He's had to yeah. wait his time, but the now, yeah, yeah. The, the team yeah. is suited in, and he's a real danger. Um, yeah. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? This game is, is, is you know, towards the end of the game, I made a few notes. It's almost like. Brentford could actually relax and enjoy the game because they're safe and that. And, and Everton, and you'd almost think it's obviously, it should be roles reversed, really, shouldn't it? Everton should be at this point, shouldn't be in any problems with, with, with being enjoying their football. Mm. And you'd think Brentford are maybe mm. need a win to stay up. And, and you know, that, as you say, it, it's the tip of the hat to Thomas Frank with what he's done with this group of players who many thought were favourites to go back down. Uh, first time in the Premier League um, and done magnificent 3-2 win today. Let's get some three points and keep some mid-table, 11th in the table. Just last, last, one last comment mm. for me, Rob, on, 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 on Brentford and, and others. Aren't we lucky that we, we, we work on and we watch and, and we enjoy a league where, no matter what match week it is, no yeah. matter what your mm. status in the Premier League, teams mm. go flat out. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. I mean, That's yeah, there's going to be some the games where... That's why I mentioned like Brighton have been, you know, we'll talk Brighton. Yeah, and I mean, where you look in the middle of the table, Leicester get a, a big win today. So mm. it's just, I'm so pleased because in other leagues that, yeah, we, you know, I've followed, you don't always get that. You mm. just don't get it. Like, and, and I just love the fact that every game's like an event in the mm. Premier League and both teams come to play. It was so, a big uh, event. Brentford, good win. What yeah. a season. It was a mm. big event in London, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Burnley. Uh, you know, repercussions at both ends of the table. Uh, a Tottenham team that wanted to win to put the pressure on Arsenal, who played tomorrow. They did, courtesy of a penalty kick. Harry Kane uh, getting the goals back in the, in the numbers again. Um, it was never easy, and it was a Burnley team where I thought actually um, finished the game decently and, and tried to push forward and, and had one or two looks. Um, didn't quite have enough up front, but uh, a 1-0 win for, for Burnley, three po- uh, for Tottenham, three points. That keeps him very much in that race for fourth and puts pressure on Arsenal. Yeah, got the job done. I mean, that's the main thing of this mm. game. I'm pleased that I saw Spurs start very quickly. Yeah. Very much on the front foot. Um, fans enjoyed that. I mean, we, you had to see that against Burnley. But, you know, with this Spurs team, there's been mm. games before. Is it the Brighton game where, like, wow, what, what, yeah, what are yeah. you doing? But I thought I enjoyed that part of it. Mm. You know, I'm writing down, thinking as I'm watching the game, it's nil-nil. And I'm thinking, ah, it's that little bit of... That little bit of creative genius, if yeah. you like, just a little bit lacking. No, Kulusevski was a he was, Burnley down. Kulusevski wasn't yeah. on. Lucas started. And, yeah, and the wing backs are, are decent, mm. um, and the centre midfield players, you know, are decent. But they just, I, you know, they haven't got a Christian Eriksen, yeah. for example. Just yeah. thinking about Brentford, they just well, they, well obviously they did before. Um, <laughs> I still think they lack a little bit of that mm. kind of Maybe genius. They could get him to, back, by the way. They still um, brought him going back. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk mm. about it. Yeah, back with uh, Antonio Conte. Um, and then, of course, we get the we get the handball from yeah. Ashley Barnes. And 
I got, I, I, I feel, I really feel for Ashley Barnes, Rob. And, and I, and first I'll start off by saying it is the right call yeah, the right as call. the, yeah. as the rules are written. Mm. Um, but I, I, I really don't think there's any kind of deliberate nature to handle mm. the ball, to make himself bigger. He yeah. did. And, the, and so he ticks the boxes. So it's the correct call. Yeah. But like, just in general, Rob, like a ball that ricochets up onto your arm, right? And you get a yeah. free shot from 12 yards of penalty yeah. for that. Yeah. It's like, God, the blimmin. The, it, doesn't it, doesn't really, yeah, the, it doesn't fit the crime, the, the does it? The so-called crime. No, no. Not really. I it's mean, almost like the law so needs I, to be I, I looked still, at and rewritten in a, in a way that makes it better or gives more options it, for the referee. Yeah. Yeah, like if, if, if there's a certain element. I mean, it's so hard. And this is why yeah, it's been going yeah. on for years and years and years. But... But I mean, when the ball's so close and he can't really react, mm. you know, have something different. Make it be an, an indirect free, free kick, kick or something. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just you know, I, I I think everybody agrees it was. Mm. Well, actually, some people don't agree with it being yeah, a right call. But I think people. when your arm's that far away yeah. and it it flicks up, then it's going to be the call. But it's just I don't know. I felt for Burnley. I felt for mm. Ashley Barnes. A team, you know, they switch things around a little bit. Rob, and this is what we're seeing with Burnley now. That, you know, system three at the back, which I don't yeah. think they've played for, yeah, for never seen years that, and years and years. Mm. No. So, I mean, they're trying to do it a little bit differently and um, for the most part did pretty well. Yeah. But the handball, of course, the, the you know, against Spurs team, you can see the first goal at home with the way that they can defend and yeah. it's it's probably going to be game over and it, it was. And, and Spurs have put the pressure on two points ahead of Arsenal mm. um, before tomorrow's game against Newcastle for them. So they did exactly what they had to do. Big support again behind Spurs. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I a little surprise that Mora started on the right-hand side, but mm. he's going to mix it up a little bit and have those two compete for that position. Kulusevski, the other player, of course. Um, and I'll go straight on to my underappreciated performer, Robbie Earl. And, I, and I'm, I'm quite, I quite like this one because, you know, quite honestly, sometimes there's so much football going on and so many goals yeah. going on and you mm. think, well, he had a good game mm. and he should be underappreciated. Now, this guy didn't have a brilliant game, but I think there's... An improvement and development, um, the credit to himself, 21 years of age, and the manager, Ryan Sessegnon, mm. is my underappreciated performer of the weekend. And again, he didn't do anything that was amazing and didn't, you know, score or, mm. uh, you know, directly contribute. To, but I thought I think his general confidence level, mm. the way that he's he looks in his demeanour, he looks like he's growing up. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. There's so yeah. much expectations on Sessegnon for such a long period of time coming to Spurs. Mm. The next big thing. Was he out of Fulham? Fulham, Fulham yeah. He was at Fulham, from. yeah, as a kid, yeah. Yeah. And 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 he never really fulfilled the excitement mm. and hope that you might have as a Spurs fan. But I starting to see signs now where he looks maturing that he's comfortable in that left wing back position we know yeah. that's his favorite position i heard him say it mm. the wing back is what he prefers the best he's got a good left foot there's times he made a few mistakes of course but mm. i'm starting to see and his manager's been talking a lot about yeah, uh, yeah, Sessignon yeah. about how he's coming on yeah. and how he trusts him so i just thought it was a solid good game from Sessignon mm. and somebody that hasn't been appreciated and maybe rightly so because his performances haven't been great but i think it's time to give him a mention of a player that that's tough to, to, mm. to please a guy like Antonio Conte yeah. in a wing-back situation that his manager knows all about. And to gain his trust, um, I think he's 22, I think early next week. I, I think, I again, all the stats and stuff that we see, I think he's yeah. 22 soon, but still super young. And I just think he deserves mention for, for a player that I think is going to go on and have a good career at Spurs. It's a good shout because he came for a big fee and then you've got to remember under Poch, he didn't play mm. much. Under Jose, he was out. Mm. Under Nuno, again, not many games. Some so injuries as well. Strange, yeah, strange, strange with Conte. And 
Conte always has one, doesn't he? Remember Victor Moses at Chelsea it was in his team and, and was an important part of the, yeah. the Chelsea team. Is yeah, he? like a Victor surprising Moses, part a bit of surprising. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with someone like Conte who can maybe teach him through some of the rigour of that defending and his distances and when to go forward and, and things like that. I mean, he, he's obviously a talented kid, lots of England youth internationals. Mm. So, yeah, it's a really good shout, yeah. you know. Somebody who's probably gone mm. under the radar a bit and maybe Spurs fans haven't seen the, the best of yet, but... Um, decent future, and mm. when someone like Conte, I think, I think that just boosts his confidence, mate. If someone like Conte comes in and fancies you, yeah. it must sort of give you a bit of a lift and feel like you're part of this, this team now. So, interesting to see how he goes on over mm. the next year or so under Conte. Um, one more big game at the weekend. It was Leeds who are desperate for points now and find themselves in a pretty awkward position in the bottom three, and Jesse Marsh looking for all kinds of ways to motivate his team and get them going. They end up with a 1-1 draw uh, at home to Brighton. Late goal from Pascal Strout was enough to give him a point, which lifted them out of the bottom three, mate, into 17th place, which must be, you know, most relieving with one game to go for Leeds now. Um, how, you, how are you feeling about Jesse and Leeds' chance <laughs> of staying in it? Well... We, it was it was the ten o'clock window Eastern yeah, time when it yeah. popped today. And yeah, of course, we had games, the Man City game yeah. going on. I've got my I got my computer set up on my table because the Leeds game was something else I mm. want to keep my eye on. And I got to say, like the, the the majority of the time, I look at the Leeds game and Brighton are battering them, battering yeah. them like the, like Leeds couldn't couldn't get attacks going, couldn't build ahead of steam, couldn't put them under pressure. Brighton's mm. football, of course, they get the goal. The first 15, 20 minutes, Rob, Brighton looked like they could have scored four or five, six goals. They got yeah. behind him so yeah. many times. Um, so that late comeback, that brilliant bit of skill with oh, Joker, Gerhardt on yeah. the line where he, yeah, he flicks it over the defender uh, and the cross at the back post and the scenes afterwards is going to give him a boost. 1-1. One, one. That's a... That could be a, a critical point where they are right now. Yeah. I mean, they're two. They're one point ahead of Burnley. Burnley got a game in hand, of course, and they're one point behind Everton. Have got a game in hand. So, yeah. it's they're still not in a great spot, of course. But that gives them hope. I looked at the game for the majority, thinking Leeds, it they've gone, they're spent. I thought. Yeah. But that spirit and that crowd, mm, yeah. that the just they just the, the crowd at Ellen Road, by the way, they they kind of. They flow on almost the side of the pitch. Yeah. Like they're so close yeah. to the surface and they're right over the blimmin' hoardings everywhere. They're like they're so close. Um, so they'll, brilliant scenes. There'll be millions of them oh. down in West London as well for the last weekend, mate. At Brentford, oh. there will be millions of Leeds fans. If they can't get in the stadium, yes. they'll be all around it. That, that place will be buzzing. I mean, I mean, seen Brentford today, though, mate. That's not an easy game to go to. Last game of the season, Brentford in front of their own fans and, and wanting to, to, to you know put on a good show for their last game, game of the season. I, I mean... That, that, that's laced with a bit of danger, I, I, I'm thinking, especially how Leeds playing with that front line at, at Brentford now with Bomo, Weiser and Tony. That, that's, that's a bit of a threat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, listen, we've got midweek games to, to yeah. navigate, right? Yeah. A lot of these teams, like Tuesday, Wednesday, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Is yeah. it Wednesday games Wednesday? Maybe not Wednesday. No, Wednesday. There's a ton it's, of games. Monday, Tuesday, games. Thursday. Right. And Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, if people, people out there, it, we're so, in some ways disappointed that all these great games are not on weekends like they normally yeah, are but of course been, the COVID yeah. postponements mm -hmm. throughout the season all these rearranged games have had to get done during a week and it's so a little annoying because some of these stories and games are so great sure. but yeah. you know I'm, I'm assuming less people yeah. can watch them during mm -hmm. a week with work and stuff so um, but yeah if it, I mean as it is right now Rob I hope we can negotiate these next few midweek match days because everything's on the line for Sunday yeah, Championship yeah. Sunday oh, we're going to be, be crossing the UK 
We're going to be somewhere, one of the stadiums, like, get... It's, it's going to be each, each part of the table, top, top four, bottom oh. three. It's going to be all oh. up for grabs, mate. All yeah. up for grabs in this next week, and yeah. that's what we love. Just going to... Touching on the other results, Aston Villa won, Palace, yeah. Crystal Palace won, 12th and 13th in the league. Um, good stuff for, for you know, Patrick Vieira and his team. It looked like they've got over that FA Cup um, defeat now and, and want to finish the season off well. So good point uh, for Palace away at Villa. Watford won, Leicester 5. Watford took an early lead and then Leicester um, looked a lot more like themselves. So much different when Jamie Vardy's in the team, Harvey Barnes back fit. Got a couple yeah. of goals, James Madison pulling the strings in midfield. Interesting to see with Tielemans, a lot of talk about whether he'll be there next season. That's probably something they've got to sort out in the summer uh, with Brendan Rodgers. And the other, the other game, Wolves won, Norwich won, Tim Apuki uh, putting Norwich ahead. Wolves um, coming back to 1-1 uh, in a game that sort of keeps Wolves on the edge of that European places, but I think it's going to be difficult for them now to, to make European football. But... Um, Plenty of games, mate. Plenty of stuff going on. Um, as ever, Premier League's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we got a Spurs win, a Manchester City draw and an Everton loss. It keeps all areas of the table bubbling along nicely. We'll be back on Thursday, that's May the 19th, to wrap up a midweek of important games, including that big one at Goodison Park, Everton versus Palace, with the Toffees needing points. That leads us into the last games of the season. But I'll just say, if Liverpool do lose at Southampton, and Man meaning Manchester City win the title, then we will jump on a potty. That's Tuesday the 17th of May. We'll jump on a quick podcast to pay homage to Manchester City and Pep Guardiola's four titles in five seasons. But we'll see if Liverpool can get the job done and pretend to feel that Jurgen Klopp will have his team ready and they'll be firing at St Mary's to keep it alive for the last day of the season. So, but for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night.